What's up guys, Zach here from First Aid Studios, here to do something special for you. This is our first Artist Spotlight Tattoo Edition, and I'm here with Oba Jackson, owner of Push Tattoos, contestant on Ink Master Season 11, and he's about to be on an episode of Ink Master Grudge Match this Tuesday. How you doing, Oba? I'm doing great. How you doing? Oh, awesome. Happy to have you in here. Thank Long you time so much. fan of your work. Thank you. So I wanted to start by getting into some things about yourself. So when did you get your first tattoo? I got my first tattoo at 22, and it was literally right up the street from here. Um, I forgot what it was called at the time. I think it was called Lucky Buddha. Okay. And I got my first tattoo there. And was it something of meaning, or did you just want to get your first tattoo? I just wanted to get my first tattoo. I got some terrible-ass Chinese symbols on my wrist. Okay. And around around the time that that was, it probably was like, I think I was, it was like 2003, maybe? 2003, 2004. So that was the look then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't go wrong with something like that. God knows what it says. God <laughs> knows what it says. I read that your mom and your grandmother were both artists. Are both artists currently still to this day. My grandma is uh, 76 and she is still a practicing artist. My mom, um, my mom is more of a crafter now. She used to be a lot more into art when I was a kid, but now she's a like hardcore crafter, knitter. Like she just makes things. Awesome. So, yeah. how did their influence kind of draw onto you and start your art career? It's interesting because like the way our family does when we when like the family discovered that there's an artist in our midst. I guess <laughs> um, I'm the only male one in our family. So my mom said she figured it out because she would draw something and then I would draw something better than she was. But this was I was like six. Oh, and she was like, showing her so up. then I she was like, did I draw something? And then you would draw something better. And she was like, I was like, oh shit, he's an artist. So the way they do it is they just buy you art supplies, they give them to you. No one coaches you, no one points you in the direction because they want you to, you to like feel accomplished on your own, mm -hmm. and they want you to also develop your own sense as an artist. So. Nobody ever bothered me about it. My mom just bought me art supplies and just was like, here, go make shit, and that's what I did. So how did you get pushed into the direction of tattooing? It was an odd situation. So I had been asked by my mentor for about eight years, did hmm. I want to uh, become an apprentice and learn how to tattoo? And at first it was like one of those things where I was like mad squeamish about blood, and I also had a pretty good career going um, for myself in visual, like visual merchandising, I guess. And what were you doing as far as that went? I, I read something about you working for Nordstrom. Oh yeah, I was a uh, so I was the uh, visual merchandiser at Nordstrom, but my specialty was designer and window display. So pretty much displays, but I'm also an artist, so like it was a good advantage for me to have that job because it gave me like an outlet to do a lot more things. Like I traveled a lot for Nordstrom. I had a really good time there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I love that job. Okay, so then you went from Nordstrom into tattooing from there? Yeah. Okay. So um, one day I had a really shit day at work, and I was like, what can I do where I don't have to really answer to anyone, but I can also base my career on my skills? And I remembered my mentor had been asking me to tattoo. And the next day I had an appointment with him. So when I went to my appointment, he asked, as he usually does, and just expected me to say no. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and he's like, what? I'm like, I'll do it. He's like, okay, well, I have a spot coming up in February. Do you want to take it? So I'm like, sure. He's like, my other apprentice will be done at that time, and I'll take you in. So I'm like, cool. So this was like November when we had that conversation. He hadn't seen me. I hadn't had another appointment in between November and February. And then February 1st, I walked into the shop, and I'm like, you ready to go? And he's like, uh, I didn't think you were actually going to come, and I gave the apprenticeship to someone else. And I was like, oh, well, I'm here. He's like, you can stay because I don't think this guy really knows what this entails, and I also don't feel like he's a natural artist. So I was like, 
all right, so me and the guy hung out there. We drew together for a while, and then I think he seen what I could do and what he could do, and he just stopped showing up. Hey, you, so, were, you so, were definitely ready to just work for yourself yeah, at that point. I was like, so my mentor let me do a practice tattoo on one of my friends, like probably like the second week that I was there. And like the sixth week, he was like, you want to take a small walk in? And I had been tattooing ever since then. Like my apprenticeship was me actually working most of the time. And did you kind of develop your style at that point? Like, if I go onto your page right now, you obviously are an incredible black and gray artist on you, darker skin. Like, the way that you're able to pull off, just the way that the color looks on it, the way it pops off the skin is, like, something that you can't see many artists doing. I don't even know what it is. I've always uh, done, like, more black, more ethnic art, like, because that's what my culture is. I don't think I had a voice um, when I was apprenticing. I honestly don't even think I found my voice as a tattoo artist probably till about last year. Like, I always did kind of, like, the same subject matter, and that's what I always pride myself on, like, my beautiful black women. But in the last year, though, I think I found a different voice. Like, a lot of people out there started to do, like, things that were similar to what mm -hmm. I do. And I was like, how can I take it to a next level where it literally is my voice? And I want people to know, like, when you see this, it's by me. And I think for the last, like, year and a half, I've been doing a really good job at that. And what have you done to kind of distinguish yourself? I don't, you know what, just, just like, just stepping up the drawing part of it. Okay. Like, instead of, instead of, like, finding, um, finding reference material and stuff like that, I started taking my own reference material, like, taking pictures myself mm -hmm. and utilizing, like, all the sources that I have. Like, I have fucking tons of magazines at my house that I, like, go through for reference material. I have National Geographics from the early 70s that I got when I was in, like, high school. I still have them all stored. Um, so now I just do my referencing a little bit differently. I go to the library a lot more. I try not to use the Internet for reference material as much anymore because I know once you search one thing, everybody's searching mm -hmm. that same thing. And once everybody's searching the same thing, we all end up with the same kind of tattoo. So now I just try to diversify the way I find my resources. Yeah, and it definitely doesn't seem like your your stuff obviously has a very distinct look to it. And I noticed that you've been using color a lot more lately. Is that I, something that you've been trying to do? I've been trying to um, I've been trying to get a lot more into color. So I have an amazing tattoo artist who works for me. Her name is uh, Anna Raspoli. Absolutely She's great. amazing. Oh my god, I love her. And just having her in the building and. Like, I'm learning, like, color from her, mm -hmm. and she's only been tattooing for, like, a year and a half. Now, how did you find her? She found me. Really? She found me. So we, the, the shop that uh, my mentor worked for, she ended up working there after I was already gone. So we never worked together at mm -hmm. the previous studio. Um, she came in, and she went to get a portrait of one of her best friends, and, like, I'm really known for my portrait work, too. So she went to get a portrait of him, and after I did the portrait of him, she was like, so I'm thinking I may want to do a little move. And I'm like... Okay, well, let me know what you're thinking. Um, you have a spot here. If you want to come, you can. I was like, if you don't, you don't have to. Like, whatever, it's up to you. Uh, I always try to keep, like, a very welcoming policy. But, like, a, a great artist like her, I knew that what she was doing then, I could develop so much uh -huh. more in such a short amount of time. So I was like, come on in here whenever you're ready. And I think she started working for me, like, uh, like three months later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's pretty great. So having her around and being a color artist and then me being a black and gray artist is making me more interested in color because I am actually like a bright, vivid color painter. So it's like people always like, uh, you don't really do color tattoos, but you do these amazing color paintings. And then I was mm -hmm. like, I can do color tattoos. I just typically don't because people don't ask me for them. So I read that you said that painting and tattooing are extremely similar. So can you explain to me like how that how that kind of comes into play, like how your painting skills worked into tattooing? It's interesting because, like, so I always equate tattooing to watercolor painting. 
Um, I did a lot of watercolor. My mom did a lot of watercolor, but I did a lot of watercolor earlier, like when I was like probably in my like mid late teens. But after I was tattooing for a while, and I don't know what triggered it in my head. I think I was just tattooing one day, and I realized that my hand was moving almost the exact same way that it moved when I was painting, like the brush I, strokes. Yeah, and I was okay. like, oh shit. I wish someone had told me this uh -huh. at the very beginning of my career because this is exactly like I'm doing the same motions. Um, and once I equated those two things together, it was so much easier for me because at first I thought tattooing was like drawing because you know how a tattoo machine is very stationary like a pencil. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bend. It doesn't move. Like it's just straightforward like a pencil is. But once I realized how my hand moved holding it, it was more like a paintbrush for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's definitely one of those things where, you know, someone can just say the right things and it just triggers something in your head it, with the memories. Yep, it, like, it's like my muscle memory is exactly the same. So now that I tattoo more like I paint, I feel like my tattoos have, like, transitioned. They're a lot smoother. They're a lot more, like, I like to say, um, like, they're more, what's the word I'm looking for? It's hard to explain. Anna Anna says it to, Anna says it about my work. Like we'll see other black and gray artists, and it's like very surface. Mm -hmm. I guess I would say, but I try to give you like more dimensions than just one. Yeah, like my stuff isn't all like that soft brushstroke, like sculpture-looking tattoos. Like I try to give it a little bit more depth. Like I put more time into it, like a painting. Okay. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about Ink Masters. You didn't necessarily believe that you would be gaining too much clientele from going on to the show. Now oh. that you're a couple years out, do you feel like it kind of did work to your advantage? Nope. I still feel exactly the same way. Like, I think it, um, well, first, I think one of the issues was that Ink Master is really focused on your Twitter, mm -hmm. um, like your the Twitter sphere. Like when they put up our little like names at the bottom, they put Twitter stuff on there. I never use Twitter because I. I'm a talker, and having a specific amount of letters that I can use to get something out never has worked for me ever in my life because I talk a lot. Um, so I never really used Twitter because it was, like, so restricting. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that didn't help. But then also, like, them not using, like, Instagram really affected me more. Also, I don't feel like that shows, um, like, viewer base is very brown, which is the mostly what I tattoo. Um, so I feel like it didn't help me so much, like, for people who would be looking for me, but it did open some people's eyes to, like, coming to a different tattoo artist that doesn't look like your typical white guy, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I certainly didn't watch, like, I was so excited to see that we had somebody from Delaware on the show. It, it was just so cool, and, I mean, it was kind of, I mean, your situation and how you left the show with your blood pressure... Now, I'd imagine that that would make it be something that you would never want to go back to for that same kind of reason, stress, all you that know, coming into play. It was interesting because, like, I was telling, I was just telling one of my friends uh, the day before yesterday that the experience that I had on the show versus the experience that I had experience that I had on um, Grudge Match, Grudge Match, were so much different. I'd imagine. Um, so on Grudge Match, we were allowed to be like free human beings, like. Only thing that they required me to do was be picked up at a certain time, go to the studio, be at the, st at the studio to the time that they needed me to stop, and then I could go on back about my life. The problem with the show was I had to live in a house with 28 other people. Who and you I literally knew. don't leave, right? And you're you just don't in that leave, house. you're just in the house. Like, the only time you left the house was to go to a challenge, and you would get on the bus with all the people you've seen all day. You would get off the bus at the challenge, then you would shoot the challenge all day, you would come back home in the house with the same people. And like me, I'm an artist, I'm a free spirit, and a lot of people were fine with that environment. They like were fine with it. Me, I was not. I actually grew up in a house with a house full of people. Like my mom, we lived in a suburb, so 
all of my cousins would come to our house for the summertime, and we would be packed in a three-bedroom house, like, packed wall-to-wall. Me and my cousins all sleeping in the living room watching movies all night. Um, but this was just a different experience altogether. One, I'm grown. I haven't lived in a house with a whole bunch of people in a very long yeah, time. Absolutely. It's just me and my husband and my kid <laughs> for a while. And it was, like, a full different thing for me. So, like, being overwhelmed, one, with the amount of people, sharing a room with 17 other guys, gross, um, sleeping in a twin bed after having sleeping in a, slept in a twin bed since I probably was, like, 11. Um, it was just, like, a whole clusterfuck of things that, like, it just threw my body all out of whack. Like, I was taking my blood pressure medicine like I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, no amount of it was fixing it. Huh. Like, I talked to my doctor several times while I was there. She was like, take two. Take four. I'm like, girl, I done took six. Ain't nothing <laughs> happening. Nothing. My blood pressure is still through the roof. So um, when I went to the doctor the last day that I was there, she was like, oh, it's environmental stress. You have to get out of this situation or you're going to have a heart attack. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a cool opportunity. Well, I, I like, think I would like to I'd live. I like to live a whole <laughs> lot more. And I like to live just normal. Oh, but like I'm only thir- I was... 35 at the time? I think I was 35 at the time. So, like, I was like, let me just stick here. Yeah, and if you're going to be around anybody, you'd probably way rather enjoy your family than oh. be with 30 other people that, you know, strangers, you don't even know. Yeah, strangers having to share a bath, three bathrooms with all these people. Yeah, no, I'm good. So I know that, obviously, a lot of the tension on the show is made up, but the situation that you're talking about seems like something where people would definitely start clashing heads. People, yeah, people definitely would start clashing heads. Like, I honestly think that it was one of, like, if... If the situation wasn't where we had to be in the house all the time, I probably would have had a way better experience. Like, if I could actually get away from it and Mm -hmm. have, like, moments of myself, like, go to the park, hang out and draw. Like, if I could have those moments, I probably would have stayed a lot longer than I did. So where's everybody drawing up their their six-hour tattoos? Is is everyone just, like, in this house, just sitting around in different Our six-hour tattoos, we drew those in the studio. Okay. Yeah, we drew those in the studio. Like, it was part of the challenge, so we didn't, we had, like, two hours to draw those tattoos. Um, so the person would come, whoever you got picked, whoever your skull pick was, you got them, you would take your time and draw it right there. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the first challenge on my season, for the first challenge of my season, we got to do it overnight. Okay. So we had a lot more time to think about what we were doing. I drew like six tattoos before I got to my final one. Um, but I also, I'm like, I ask a lot of questions to people who I've gone to tattoo because I know how personal a tattoo is. And then being on the show, you have to take that out of it. Like, yeah. the personal feeling out of it. And that was really hard for me, too, because, like, I'm not used to calling someone a canvas. I'm used to calling them a client or a friend. Like, I think a tattoo is a very personal thing. So having to do it in this kind of setting for me being the person that I am was really hard for me, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just showing them something that they don't necessarily have a whole lot of control over. Yeah, they just, like, they kind of, like, they have a good guideline of what they want, but, like, us trying to restrict them back and try to, like, change their thought process and be like, listen... And when it's someone who comes looking for me personally, like, I want Oba to do my tattoo. I feel like I have a much more, a much better relationship with them where I can just be like, that's not what you want. Yeah, and they trust you. Because, like, I tell people no all the fucking time. It's Uh literally, like, I think I say no to people with tattoos more than I say yes to people with tattoos. Because people just always trying to get, like, 60 pounds of shit in a 10-pound bag, and it just Mm -hmm. never works out. But on a show, you really don't have that option to let some, like, no, we're not going to do that, like, or redirect them in a better way, because I don't know them. Right. I mean, and it's always seemed like, you know, you said you don't want to treat these people like canvases. Like That's so annoying. That's kind of been, like, if you watch the show, that's how people are successful, when you don't treat them like canvases, Mm -hmm. and you sit there and you actually, like, explain, like, no, you don't want that on your neck. Don't put that there. (laughs) <laughs> that is my life. I'm literally like, you really need to think about this before you do this. 
Because, like, this could turn into a bad idea. Like, are you going to be okay being a grandma with this thing on you? Like, <laughs> that's what I oh, I ask people so many questions when they come in because I just don't want to be responsible for a bad choice that someone makes. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, like, I always used to have this thought process when I was, like, in high school because I, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do because I always wanted to create, uh -huh. but I always wanted to see my creations again. And I always thought I was going to be a fashion designer so I could see my clothes that I designed people wearing. And then I realized tattooing is that exact same feeling. And I don't want you to walk around with a fucking shitty shirt on for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So, like, same thing with tattoos. I don't want you to walk around with some shit that I gave you. And then in 20 years, you're like, why did I get this here? Why did I get a man's penis on my neck? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be that tattoo artist for you. Is there, is there ever any crazy ideas that someone comes through and you're like, all right, I kind of rock with that, though. I think I could do that. It depends. It depends. People, people... I wanted, I wanted, people in Delaware are not very creative. Mm -hmm. I have the biggest time talking someone out of a tattoo that someone else has. It is probably 95% of my business somebody's sending me a tattoo that someone else did. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need to see a tattoo. Right. I need, if you want something, send me an image, send me a picture of the, what your idea is. Explain it to me how you want it to look as a tattoo, and then we'll go from there. But people just bring in tattoos, and they be like, I want this exact tattoo. And I'll be like, I'm not going to copy someone else's tattoo for wow, you. Like, I'm not going to pay myself, and I'm also not going to play you. That's so crazy, because when I get tattooed, a lot of the times, those are the type of like influences that people like when you just send them like a tattoo, and then they're like, all right, I'll kind of change this up a little bit and do my own version of exactly that. So let me tell you what we have a big problem with in Delaware. We have tattooers and not tattoo artists here. We have a lot of tattooers. So a tattooer can render an image exactly how you give it to them. The problem is they don't have the creativity that an artist would have. So I always tell people, like, I am an actual artist. Mm -hmm. I always have been. If you ask me what I am, I will not say I am a tattoo artist. I am an artist. So I can create. If you give me something, just give me, like, you could give me, like, five bullet points about what you want, and I'll create you something amazing from it. I don't need another tattoo artist to translate my language. Mm -hmm. I've always been able to create something from scratch. So here in Delaware, I feel like these artists are used to just somebody sitting on a tattoo. They find the same reference that that artist used and tattoo it right on them, send them on about their day, charge them an arm and a leg, and they have never thought anything about this artwork. Me, I would rather you send me something that's personal to you, and I'll develop it into something amazing. Like, I have clients all the time. I don't send out their designs. I show them their design before their appointment. Um, oh, really? I have I have only one time ever had somebody not be like not be in love with the very first design. And that one person changed that design for an hour and a half. No one has ever done this before. She changed her design for an hour and a half, all to end up back at, at my the same first design. Spot? Yep. Oh man. So only one time that has ever happened to me, like somebody wasn't okay with the design I designed for. And you're saying that the that your clients are seeing these tattoos or their design before they even come in that day to get a tattoo. So like basically they know what they're wa what they're walking in to get already. No, no, no. They don't know what they walking in to get already. They send me an idea. I don't show them the drawing of uh -huh. their design until they get in. Okay. So uh I had a big issue when I very first started tattooing when I was still apprenticing. I sent someone a design. They took my design to someone else and oh, got geez. it tattooed. So trashy. So like one, you're a trash human for taking someone's design, but then also you're a trash human for doing the tattoo that you knew Someone else drew. And the artist who did it knew me. Really? Yes. So it was another Delaware artist. It was another Delaware something. tattoo artist. Literally took my design to him. You knew this was by me. The way it looked, tattooed it right on him, exactly the way I designed it. 
no questions asked. So what did you think when you finally saw it? You look at it and go, could have done that oh, I looked way at it better. And I was That's like, my tattoo. I looked at it and I told, and I told her once it aged, once it ages a little bit, I'll fix it for you. Oh, okay. I'm gonna charge you a, a whole lot more, <laughs> but I'm gonna fix it for you. So. Did that ever happen? Huh? Like, oh no, she didn't come. Oh no, she she, she knew she wasn't walking. Probably embarrassed. Like, yeah, she was way too embarrassed. But um, yeah, people usually just send me artwork or send me like um, images, and that's how I thrive. Like I don't need you to send me a tattoo. That's awesome. Yeah. That's such a better way to go about it. I think it's just more personal. Like, people send me, like, Rihanna tattoos and this and that. I'm like, but what about this is you? Mm -hmm. Like, I I get why it's Rihanna, but why is it you? And can we do something a little different for you so you'll have your own special piece and Rihanna can keep her own special piece, too? Because I I think Rihanna's probably the person who I get sent the most references from. She's got awesome tattoos. Yeah, she got awesome tattoos. Like, cool ones, like, special places. So I get why, but, like, I always tell people, you could also be special like Rihanna and get your own original idea and your own original place, too. I'm sure they appreciate that more when you finally give them something that is a personal tattoo versus something that a bunch of people have. Yeah, and I'm a shit talker, so usually I can talk somebody out of some dumb shit. I'd be like, come on. Like, seriously, this is what you <laughs> thought about today. Come on. Let's let let's evolve your thinking. Come on, let's work on it. Let's sit down and talk. And it comes out pretty good. So that's uh like interacting with my clients is probably one of like my favorite part of the job, actually. It's the most important it's it's, customer service. That's how you know you're gonna leave everybody the most happy is oh, if listen, you're able to get that part down. Listen, I didn't even work on the sales floor at Nordstrom. We didn't have to interact with customers if we didn't want to. But working there taught me the best thing about customer service. Like people all just want to be treated like a human. Absolutely. And it's so interesting to me because I the stories that I hear as a tattoo artist from Delaware I'm shocked and appalled by the things that other people have experienced at other tattoo shops, um, the things that people have said to people that they were going to tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally had a woman come in um, to get something fixed by, um, to get something fixed. She said she went to the artist who did it. He gave her the worst time. He told her that in 16 years of him tattooing, no one has ever said that one of his tattoos was something wrong with him and this, this, and that. And I'm like, so he's explaining to you why your tattoo isn't bad, but you don't love it. And it go it happens. Like the cockiness of the people in this industry is amazing to me. Like my mind has been blown so many times by several clients who've come into my shop. Like when, people have come to other gone to other shops just to get like three small letters. I'm gonna charge you my shop minimum. That's just what the rule is. But people have gotten ridiculous. Like a woman wanted to get her daughter's name her, her daughter's initials behind her ear. They probably were like the size of half of a finger, mm-hmm. and another tattoo shop told her three hundred dollars because her skin was oh, too wow. because of her skin color because her skin color made it so much different than tattooing it on a brown person versus versus a white person. So it was it would have been a hundred dollars for somebody who was white, but it was going to be three hundred dollars for her because her skin was so temperamental. Yeah, that's when you and, just walk and out she, the door. And she was not even like I'm dark brown. She wasn't even nowhere near as dark as I am. Wow. So it was just it's, it's interesting to me like the things that clients have to put up with like be it their race or their sexuality or anything like that, I feel like those are the things that I'm least interested about when I do a tattoo. I don't give a fuck about any of those things. Do you feel like there's a lot of that going on now within the state? Oh, my God. Do you know how many? I could literally tell you right now um, about, like, maybe five shops that aren't that far from mine who have been absolutely the most racist and the most disgusting to people. And, um, like, one of my clients was at a very prominent shop in Newark, and she is a white woman. She was in the shop, and she said the owner of the shop came out, and he said that if any black person came in there today, he was going to bust their head open because some black guy cut him off on the road. And while I'm saying black, I'm I'm, I'm using an appropriate term for the radio, but he was not saying black if we're both, we both get what he was saying. Um, 
And she sat there, and she said she had an appointment with a different artist. She told her artist, she found him. She's like, you know what? You keep my deposit. I'm going to go ahead and leave. And he's like, oh, why are you leaving? She said, because I don't want my black husband or my black kids to come in here and get their heads bust open. So I feel like there is also not a filter around people. Like, he just assumed that since she was a white woman, that she was going to have the same thoughts that he had about race, and she didn't. So you made this woman uncomfortable, but you also let her know that her family couldn't come here, which is super inappropriate. I've also had clients like... um, I'm trying to think of a couple of examples besides that one because I'm trying to not say anything about the shop where it happened at. I've just had people say several, like, disgusting things. Like, I had a black woman who wanted to get a black queen and she went to a white artist, and he's like, why the fuck do you want this? Why don't you get this? And she's like, well, this represents me and my culture. And he's like, oh, I think we could do something way better. And he was trying to put, like, uh, like a like a, like a a white pinup on this brown oh, girl. God. And she was like, this is not at all what I asked for, and I don't understand why what I am asking for is a problem. But... You're creating something that's supposed to mean something to somebody mm-hmm. and something that they could look at and be proud of. I mean, that's it's very interesting business for it to be like that, especially with, you know, all of the diverse people that come and get tattooed. So the problem, the thing with the thing with tattooing is the people who are now getting tattooed is so diverse, but the problem is the people who are tattooing is okay. not as diverse. I can tell I can't tell you right now in the state of Delaware one black woman that I know that tattoos and tattoos well. I can't think of one. I literally will take any black woman who's an amazing artist and teach them how to tattoo. That's, Is that something you're looking to do? That's the point that I'm at. So I was looking for I was looking for two employees recently this year, and I reached out to a bunch of people, and I wasn't getting, like, great answers back. Like, I literally, one of, like, a guy who I tattooed with before told me that I wasn't getting great responses because of the diversity of my shop. And huh. how I welcome all diverse people. They're like, yeah, a lot of people who they just don't want to be around this, this, and that. And I'm like, excuse me. And it was interesting because like another one of the clients that came to our shop for Anna, she was at another tattoo shop, and she's trans. And if you've seen this young lady, you would never have thought in, in a million years she was trans. You would have never thought at one point she was a, like a boy when she was born. You would not think anything besides woman. Like, if you've seen a picture of Beyonce, you would say woman. Mm-hmm. The same thing with this young lady. You would, if no one told you, you wouldn't know. Someone must have said something at the shop that she was going to. And the other guys at the shop, the other tattoo artists, kept calling her he. Oh. Like, purposely going out of their way to call this woman. Make someone feel uncomfortable. To make them feel uncomfortable. This is, your, your tattoos are a treasure that you carry through life. Absolutely. You think she wanted her treasures tarnished by you being an asshole? Giving her a hard time the yeah, whole time like, she's getting it. Like, yeah. she's chilling. Like, leave her the fuck alone. Treat her like every other customer that comes in here. Go on about your day. But, so, I wasn't having good responses about, like, getting other tattoo artists at my shop. Um, because in Delaware, it's just, like, all white men who just want to control everything. So... I stopped looking, and I was like, you know what? The like the most talented and diverse people who walk in here, I will teach them how to tattoo. I don't give a fuck about that gatekeeping shit and waiting till you've been tattooing for 10 years to teach somebody else. I have been painting for 35 years. I've been painting since I was two. Okay. Like, I, like my so brother, you have the experience. Yes, I can teach anyone how to do anything, and if I can't teach them, I'll find someone who can. So have you ever had an apprentice before? I mean, it obviously sounds like you are looking for some at this point. I had I had a guy when I first opened my shop up, and I think I took him in thinking that, thinking that he had a voice as an artist, but mm-hmm. he didn't. And halfway through his training, I had to let him go because he 
didn't have a voice. He had an echo, and it was an echo of me. And I was just like, I don't need two artists in here that are both obas. Mm-hmm. I need you to be an independent person just like I am. I need you to create your things. And I, I would keep on, like, toward the end of him being there, I kept asking him to draw something for me, draw something for me, draw something for me, draw something for me. And it would always come out looking like something I had drawn years ago. So now I have a girl named Z, Zara. She's amazing. And I have a couple other people interested in. Right now, the other people are just visiting because I have this thing where I want to make sure that not only are they comfortable, but I'm comfortable with them. So before I even offer them their apprenticeship, I have them come around until I feel like I'm comfortable with them. Okay. And I know them. And I know that they're not going to be out here tattooing out of their house after their apprenticeship or anything like that. So right now I have one and then two possibles. But I am looking for, like, I just want, like, a really stellar artist who is interested in developing this industry into diverse, like, more diverse, and also welcoming everybody, no matter what their race, color, orientation, all that shit is all out the window. I just want it to be solely based on their artistic skills. Absolutely. And I think everything that you're saying is going to be very eye-opening to people. There's probably a lot of people that are thinking that the tattoo world is a lot more accepting than what you're saying. So I hope that they're going to learn that that's not the case. It's definitely not. It's so interesting because I said I said this one time on Ink Master. It probably got cut out or something, but I was just saying the tattoo industry is so interesting to me because this industry was developed on people on the outskirts of society who have been marginalized because of them being different and wanting tattoos and realizing that tattoo is an art. But we are not, the industry is not accepting of the same diversity that they wanted acceptance for. Mm-hmm. It's like y'all worked so hard to be cut, like for this to be come as big as it is and it to be seen as an art form, but y'all don't want to teach other people this art form by gatekeeping and doing all this dumb shit that is so unnecessary in 2019. Doesn't that always just seem ironic when the people who were rejected at one point in time then just start rejecting, rejecting other people? Yeah, it's like, it's like that, the most weirdest thing. I don't know if you remember that old TV show, Jenny Jones, and she would give people makeovers and like shit like that and be like, go from geek to chic. And I remember seeing those episodes and then people coming back and them turning down people who were interested in them only for the same reason that they got turned down by other people. And it's like, you worked so hard to become something important and now that somebody else is working to get to where you are, you don't want to help them. Supposed to be learning life lessons out Yo, here. Yo, listen... Listen, I don't even know how so many people, like, so many of these shop owners are older and they haven't learned these same life lessons. I mean, and that's always so unfortunate because with older people, sometimes those dogs just aren't even going to learn it ever. Yeah, but, like, luckily luckily, I didn't even know this till probably, like, a year ago that I was a millennial. <laughs> and I used to always say, oh, these millennials, this, this, and that. And then I looked up the information about it and it was, like, oh, born in 1983, which I was. I was, like, the cutoff point. I was, like, oh, shit, I'm a millennial. But... Um, I just try to always have like a develop like a way of thinking. Like I'm pretty sure that my way of thinking wasn't as evolved at 22 uh-huh. as much as it did at 30 at 36. But I feel like a lot of people who have a lot more opportunities to be out here in this world and learn a lot more because of them tattooing for so long, but they still haven't learned anything. Like they're still sexist about this. They're still like just animals about other people. Like my girl Anna, like her apprenticeship. They would make her wear skirts every day. Like, what is her wearing a skirt important for of her apprenticeship? And then make her clean the floor. Well, I've always heard women just get get it the worst with they, these apprenticeships. Oh God. Listen, the women get it the worst, but you won't even get one if you're a black woman. So that's why you're going to be out here changing that. Listen, that is my entire goal. Like, my shop is super small. My shop is only 600 square feet. But I will welcome any great tattooer in there. I don't give a fuck what they look like. 
who they are. As long as they have a diverse mindset, you are welcome at my shop. Well, it sounds like you're going to be the change that Delaware needs in that's the tattoo my, industry. That is that it is so interesting because that's not like that was not even what I remotely joined like started tattooing for. I only started tattooing so I could be an entrepreneur and I can control my fate. But now, like after tattooing for almost four years now, matter of fact, is it November? Four, four years. years. Um, I own a shop and I welcome so many different artists. I have also learned that since I own my shop so fast in my mm. career, like I was only tattooing for a year and a half when I owned my How own shop. How did that happen? I made very good choices. I am a saver and I've always have been, but also people underestimated the amount of money that I made at Nordstrom. Oh, man. Because like I know a lot of visual jobs at other places have like get paid like $13, $14. I did not get paid nowhere near those numbers. That's awesome. Good for you. I got paid a lot more than those numbers. So people were like thinking that I was like doing one job, but I was actually doing a whole other job. Uh-huh. Like, so um, I saved. Um, I left my previous shop. Um, three months before my shop was ready to open, and I tattooed every fucking day after work. Um, I rented out like a little space. I tattooed every day after work, and I saved fifteen thousand dollars in three months. And I opened my shop with it. Congratulations, that's incredible. And when you started off, was it just you? It was just me. It was just me. And then um, one of the guys came from my previous shop, and then I had that apprentice for a while. And then a year into, like a year after that, Anna came along. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's just me and Anna. I had to let um, the other two guys go. But uh, right now, I think me and Anna are making really good strides, and we're trying to make some really good changes out there because, like, Anna's tattoo clientele is, like, even more diverse than mine is. And we, like, we tattoo we tattoo other tattooers. Like, we tattoo other tattooers at our shop, and I really enjoy that because, like, people will be like, Oh, I work at a shop with 10 other tattooers, but I chose to come here. You so guys like, are really good. I know I got all these <laughs> other people I could choose from. <laughs> so yeah, that's I just wanna I just wanna be like, I just want the tattoo industry to be more like our shop is, where we're just welcoming to everybody. We just out here trying to do cool shit. You gotta lead by example. Yeah. That's the only way you could do it. Listen, that's my entire life. I talk so much shit on my Instagram page. Like I literally am out here trying to like register five hundred people to vote before November next year. So that is my goal. I'm hoping to go over my goal, over 500 people to register to vote. But my goal right now is 500. I think that you could probably pull that off. I'm going to. That's I'm, I'm That's going to. I'm going to, or I'm going to do more. Awesome. Yeah. Well, but it's been awesome having you on, man. I am super excited that you're going to be on tomorrow night. Can't wait to watch you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow night. Yep, tomorrow night. Uh, you said that you probably haven't even seen all the episodes from the season you were on, right? Yeah, I haven't seen all my episodes. Like, uh, watching myself on TV just makes me, it gives, it makes me like, it gives me like butterflies, <laughs> even though it's in the past. I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. It's weird. It's got to be weird seeing yourself. Yeah, I mean, this one, though, I'm really excited because I got the uh, tattoo with Tiara, and uh, like she was like one of my favorite people from my season. So. Awesome. So not really the grudge, more so. No, ours just is some... actually the fun. I think yeah. ours is more fun. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to watch it. Everybody go check out Push Tattoo because obviously they're out there doing it the right way. Hey. And thank you again, Oba. It's been great having you on. Thank you.